mother with very little political experience takes on a local school board and their mask mandate. Some of them had to laugh when she threatened to defeat them at the voting booth with a write-in campaign. They're not laughing anymore. I'm Martin Moyer, your host of Shout Out Patriots. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Bender. Look out, school boards. There's a new sheriff in town, and she's looking to recruit some deputies. What do you say, Patriots? Want to put that badge on? She's here to tell you just how to wear it. Welcome, Patriots, again. My name is Martin Moyer. I'm the host of Shout Out Patriots. And let me go around and introduce everybody. We have Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. He's a regular guest and a co-host here. Say hello, Jason. Good evening, Patriots. It is good. It's a good day to be a Patriot. Indeed it is. And we have Michael at the control board. Say hello, Michael. Welcome. <laughs> that was nice, short, and sweet. <laughs> All right. Joining us by Zoom is David Carroll. He's an attorney based in Columbus, Ohio. He's also chairman of the Christian Action Network, which is the sponsor of this program. David, tell everybody hello. Hello, Patriots. All right. So we have one more very important final guest here who I'm going to introduce in just a second. But uh, Pastor Jason, yes, so sir. I get excited when we have someone in studio, a Patriot, who's out there working the fields, toiling, getting their hands dirty, and helping secure our freedoms, our liberties, and our rights. And you know, there's a lot of uh, conservative, I guess, uh, speakers, there's conservative leaders out there, and we all know them based on things that maybe they say, maybe they write, uh, some of their platform speeches. Um, but the little guy, I might say, the one out there working the fields, we hardly ever hear about them, right? Because the media never talks about those people. But I think they're important, very important. And um, I, I think giving people the opportunity to hear what these people have done in their own backyards will help inspire other patriots out there to join the cause. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's really exciting, Marty. And we have a, a very special guest with us tonight. And uh, it just shows you, you know, you don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to have this big name. You can just be a concerned citizen, concerned parent. You can go out there and you can take a step of faith. You can take a step of action and you can be passionate about something and you can compel people and change things in the community. So it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that we're seeing here tonight. Let me introduce you to Mary Catherine Bennett. Mary Catherine, say hello. Howdy y'all. All right. So uh, Mary Catherine, she went up against the Bedford County school board she was upset over some things that she's going to explain, and she made a threat that she was going to unseat or replace a couple of school board members through a write-in campaign, and she managed to pull that off. It's a remarkable story, and uh, my jaw drops every time I hear it because, you know, the odds of beating someone, one person, through a write-in campaign is you know, almost unheard of. It's an underdog story. Yeah, it's, to, it's a to do thing. it to two people in one election, I mean, that's just amazing. And I'm so True excited miracle. to have her on. So I want to talk about some recent school board cases, though, before we get to her, uh, because these have kind of dominated the news. Out of Fort Worth, Texas, parents were very upset when a school board member, her name is Norma Garcia Lopez, 
Uh, she, now, this school board member, she got ticked off because parents went around the school district and went to court and said, look, this school district over here, the Fort Worth Independent School District, has a face mask policy. Governor Abbott said that schools can't have such a policy, but they're enforcing it anyway. So we're going to go to court and have this school policy, mask policy removed. They went to court, and they scored a very big victory in that district. Well, that upset the so-called Racial Equity Committee chairwoman, uh, Norma Garcia Lopez, and she started collecting information from these about these parents. And uh, she then doxed them by putting out their phone numbers, their home addresses. Uh, she put out the employer's address of one of the parents. Uh, and then she told this to one of the parents in a voicemail. Um, she said, now I'm going to uh, you know, tone this down, yeah. but still I think it needs to be said. She said, F you, you stupid B. Fill you with your white... Uh, uh, what does it say? Uh, so, excuse me, my writing is bad here. It's F you with your white privilege, not caring about the well-being of others, F you. So she put this out there on a voicemail message, and then these parents asked that she resign. And uh, after it got national media attention, she finally did step down and resign from her post. But over in Scottsdale, Arizona, a similar situation developed there where the school board president, John or Jan Michael Greenberg, uh, he was upset with parents who were criticizing the critical race theory being taught into schools and also the mass policies. He was communicating by email with one of the parents and actually accidentally sent a file that contained certain folders in it. And those folders were called Press conference psychos, S U S T wackos, and anti mask lunatics. Ooh. Now, inside of these file folders were the names and addresses of 47 parents. He doxed these parents with their social security numbers, their financial information, their divorce records, their bankruptcy filings, their mortgage payments. Uh, and uh, he sent it out, did not know that. People can now publicly click on those files and see what's in them. So they did. They clicked on it, and they demanded that he resign. And on November 14th, the school board finally said, yeah, you have to go, Mr. Greenberg, and they booted him off. Quick question. Where did he send those uh, files to? Where were they? As far as what we know, he sent them to that parent as a way of communicating to that parent without realizing that attached to that email were all these files. And I don't think anybody knows the full details of what the attachment was, but we do know that those file folders were inside that attachment and parents could then click on it and see their name <laughs> and their bankruptcy filings and their divorce records and their social security numbers. And quite, you know, uh, recently they got very upset and wanted him gone. And for, at first the school board came out and defended, uh, Mr. Jan Michael Greenberg, but then later, after they got national news, decided, yeah, we're going to vote him off, and they did. So they did the right thing. Although, from what I understand, and somebody might correct me here, they voted him off from being president of the Scottsdale uh, School Board, but he's still on the school board, and some parents are still quite upset about that for 
for good reason. I think that's right. But they also the uh, Arizona Attorney General is investigating him too. And he needs to be investigated. And but what we're seeing here, these are not isolated cases. Uh, last week in our podcast, we had uh, two fathers on our show. Both of them were hauled out of a school board meeting for something they said in that school board meeting and then later arrested at their home and then put into jail. It's, it's almost like these school boards said, you know, they've, they've got, taken a big dose of wacko themselves and uh, feel that they can just treat parents however they want and parents have no right to say anything. Otherwise, uh, we're going to find out where you live and we're going to let everybody else know where you live. And any bad thing you've ever done in your life, we're going to let them know that as well. So the final example I want to point out, and uh, David Carroll, you sent this to me today. Uh, in Wake County, North Carolina, a group of parents have filed a criminal complaint against the uh, Wake County School District. Uh, charging that the libraries in those schools contain pornography. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I was kind of shocked, I have to say, because I looked up these two books today. I, I knew about them. I had read what they contained. Uh, but I actually looked them up to see what exactly is in these books. So we're going to put them on our screen if you're watching this by video. But I want to tell all parents out there who have kids in the room to get them out of the room before we put it up on the screen. Now, we're going to blur the highly offensive parts out, but still, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be a pleasant uh, viewing. But I think we need to show it because I know from my, uh, well, 40 years experience and as an activist in the Christian movement, the one thing the left has on us is that we can do some pretty horrible things because you're not going to be able to show it to your supporters. And they're going to think that, oh, you're just a prude. You know, uh, you're exaggerating uh, what you're seeing in this picture or what you're reading in that book. So, uh, at the uh, again, parents, get your kids out of the room. I, so, the name of the books are Queer Gender, A Memoir, and Lawn Boy. Now, Throughout uh, this past school semester, this issue has come up in school districts across the country where parents have found this queer gender and long boy book in the school libraries. They've gone to their school boards. They've managed to get the school boards to agree to remove these books from the library. But then a couple weeks later, three weeks later, the LGBTQ crew comes in, makes a big stink that these books have been removed from the library, and then the school boards put them right back up on the shelf. So it's, it's absolutely insane. But in this particular case, uh, parents in Wake County went to their school board and said, we want these books out of the school, and the school board refused to remove them. So what these parents did is they filed a criminal complaint with the sheriff's department saying uh, this school is showing pornography. So people who are watching can see uh, what these photographs are in this book called uh, Queer Gender. And it's quite obviously uh, pornography in any sense of the word and something you would not want your grade school or even high school student to be looking at in the library. Uh, so for those who can't see it, uh, the parents, I'm going to read what one parent said about these books. They are graphic depictions of oral sex between males and gay and transgender 
characters. Now, when I first read that before I actually saw it, I thought the parent meant a graphic description like, you know, someone was writing something about oral sex, which would have been bad enough, but I didn't know they actually had graphic pictorial depictions of two guys having oral sex and these books that are clearly, if you see the, the, the picture, designed for children to look at. So there's a reason why uh, people like Mary Catherine Bennett are out there upset with the school boards and thinking they've gone too far and some of them need to be, be replaced. The problem with most parents, though, is that they've never really paid much attention to their school boards. And if you ask them what school district they live in, mm -hmm. they probably do not know. Mm -hmm. And if they ask who their school board representative is, mm -hmm. they probably do not know. But now they're waking up across the United States and saying, wow, uh, you know, we're being kicked out of these meetings. Uh, some of us are being taken to jail. Uh, the Justice Department says that we might be terrorists if we say something unkind to a school board member. Uh, there's critical race theory in there. There's gay porn in these schools. And we could go on a list. I mean, just a, a list of roll off your arm of why parents are upset with school boards and school districts in their local schools right now. Uh, so they want to do something about it. And one of the things you can do is replace those school board members. Uh, so we have Mary Catherine here to explain how she did it here in Bedford County, Virginia. So Mary, why don't you take it from here and tell people what you did? Well, thank you very much, Martin, and Pastor Linder and Michael for having me on. Um, it's an honor. First off, I want to make sure that y'all know that it's not a Mary Catherine did this at all. It was a group effort um, by a bunch of different moms out there, grandparents, different counties, and it really was a God thing, um, the movement where we all had different backgrounds and different reasons for wanting to become involved. Um, each of us have strengths, and um, we were able to use those strengths to really rally a movement um, and come to some kind of organizational, I guess, um, realization that we needed to figure something out and we needed to make it happen because, you know, you had told, you had said earlier that, you know, parents kind of have been a little bit asleep, right? What's going on. And um, my husband says it best where parents kind of have abdicated their responsibility of raising their children to the government. And the government is the public schools. Um, public schools started off wonderfully. They started off one room, community driven. Um, and, it's just morphed into something that is anti-God, anti-America, and truly um, not to protect and grow kids and give them strong confidence um, and be contributing members to society. So the first step for that was us being awake and realizing, wow, we have messed up so badly. Could we do anything or is it too late? And um, being a Christian myself, I know it's never too late. And uh, when it happened to my autistic child, um, that's when, <laughs> well, that's when I got angry. I'll be quite that's honest. That's when the mama bear came <laughs> out, <laughs> That's right? when the mama bear how, came How out. long ago was it? Um, it happened in right before school started this past year. So August is when I first started getting involved because um, the pandemic happened. For those that want a little bit of a background, I have five-year-old twins, 29-weekers, 71 days in the NICU. And this past summer, one of my twins has been diagnosed with autism, he's developmentally delayed, he has sensory issues, ADHD, and he has documented diagnosis 
And so last year during COVID, he's in, in L.A., um, New London Academy here in town. They never made him wear a mask. There was no procedures or standards. He didn't have to be away from his classmates or anything like that. Um, and he had a pretty normal you know, school year. This year, I thought ahead and said, well, I'm going to make sure that I have a medical note documenting these cases. I got it signed by his doctor, and they accepted it. And then um, two weeks later, you know, he went on his merry way with no mask. Um, and again, he has all sorts of sensory issues. He has low muscle tone, and so he drools constantly. Can you imagine a mask? He doesn't want things on his face. He can't communicate either because he's severely delayed in his communication. So it just all of these things made me so frustrated. Um, but they accepted it. Okay, good. Two weeks, they send home a letter. The letter goes above and beyond what is even... To me, it's still crazy that they asked for my child's information. They wanted access to his doctor, his medical records from when he was born. They And if it was a religious exemption, that's if I had a medical exemption. So they didn't accept my medical exemption. They wanted more. And the thing that was crazy is there was no expiration date, right? So they don't say, hey, I want this. I want this between this day and this day. It was, I want all of your medical records for your child, and I want it continual, <laughs> No, I'm just no, gonna tell you right now, no. And then with the religious exemption, if you did a religious exemption for a mat, they wanted to know what's your belief, um, who's your pastor, you need to have your pastor write something, saying, proving that this is what you believe. So it went above and beyond. Um, that's when I really started getting involved. I started a Facebook group with a friend and it, it it's, has 2,000 members in it because we were all so angry with the schools changing their mind. 2,000 members probably doesn't sound like a it lot. It doesn't sound like a but lot. But if you live in Bedford County, 2,000 members, I mean, th that that would be like L.A. having, you know, I don't know, hundreds of yeah, thousands. That's an enormous amount for our yeah, little town. For here. our town. Yeah. So, yeah, that's you know, practically the kudos to you. Because <laughs> when you told me that a couple of days ago, you had 2,000 members just out of Bedford County. I mean, that that just floored me. Shows you how upset parents are, though, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Parents and grandparents, and you know, we even have students in the Bedford County school systems that joined our our movement, I guess. Um, but it just got worse from there. Uh, we started going to school board meetings, and um, you know, I and the people that I surround myself with, we really try to conduct ourselves respectfully because we are Christians, and we want to make sure that we can get our point across without hurling cuss words or threats or anything like that. Um, and so we've really tried to maintain that level of kindness, I guess, even though these are my kids. But it just started going south, and we realized that the, you know, at the very beginning of the school year, originally they voted, the school board, there's seven of them, they voted four to three for parents' choice. Okay, that's, a, that's imperative. Parents' choice, as in, they could the parents could choose if they want their children to wear masks or not, and everyone rejoiced. Okay, I think in Bedford County, it's a very conservative area, which I think eighty three percent voted for Trump. I think right. that's the number that I looked at was eighty three percent voted for Trump. So this is a conservative area, and so they voted four three parents' choice. But then when Northam did his mandate, they and said it had to be through the CDC, right? Had to follow the CDC guidance. In the middle of the night, kind of, they reversed their vote. Didn't tell anyone. And this happened the day of the open house. 
So how are parents supposed to come up with alternative educations? They had already closed Virtual Virginia. There was no longer Bedford Connects. So these people had to go to school. They had to send their kids, even they were told, no masks. Right, so right before the school year started, they actually changed the rule up mm -hmm. right then. Very sneaky, very sneaky. And it was then changed. The chairman of the board, Jason Johnson, changed his vote. So it was also too late for us to come up with, like, we want them out. We knew an election was coming, and three board members were, you know, running again. Um, so we thought one of them is the board members in District 4. He's Marcus Hill. He's always voted for parents' choice, so... Yes, vote for Marcus Hill. But Jason Johnson, who has been there for eight years, and he's the chairman, again, he's wishy-washy. So he changed his vote. Um, he got scared. And honestly, that's not very manly of <laughs> him. <laughs> I need a man. Lead. Do not be afraid. Um, and that didn't happen. He caved. So we thought, okay, well, let's figure out who else is out there in those districts. And so we had two dads volunteer that had children in the system and who were just tired of the bureaucracy and tired of the red tape and tired of people who did not have children in the Bedford County schools making decisions for the parents who do have children. That made no sense. So these guys, we realized that we had an opportunity. It really was a huge underdog story because there was no way. First off, Jason Johnson's on the ballot. And because of the sneakiness, we were not able to get our guys on the ballot because we had expired. The time had expired. So he couldn't get it. So we, we did have time to get them in as writing candidates. But as you know, it's very hard to get your name out if you're a writing candidate because you go in there. What if people forget their name? You know, who do you know? And Jason's already on the ballot. Um, the other one, Mr. Hill, is he, not Hill, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Hicks. John Hicks actually retired. So he had, there was an open seat and we're like, yes, Dwayne's going to do this. Dwayne is in District 3. We're excited. Um, and then another gentleman who was a principal in um, Sta Stanton High School, Stanton High School came up and said, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to do a write-in. And he was going as an independent, but um, Mr. Hicks was there, Georgina Harrison was all voting for him, Susie Neely, all trying to do, to, for this guy to, uh, to get it. And so, you know, he's independent, but his wife's a Democrat. We started finding more and more things on his webpage. He wanted equity. Um, and to me, that's just like a shoom, 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 yeah, alarm. Yeah. Red flags right there. <laughs> Red flag. Um, but basically, to make a long story short, is we had these guys. We had an amazing team. Um, God gave us a lot of wisdom. We worked with Amy Sneed with Moms for Liberty. And her husband ended up being the campaign managers for these guys. Um, we brought them before the Bedford County GOP. Let me ask you a question. Campaign manager. Was that the first time he had ever been a campaign manager? Ever. Ever. He's, he's a yeah, business so, owner. You know, because I think a lot of people out there, you know, uh, they look at a lot of, you know, perhaps folks like us and say, well, it's fine for you. You have the experience. You've done it before. You can reach out and make connections to professional people who can help you. Uh, but all the names that you're throwing around that helped you, Mary Catherine, I mean, this is sounds nice, campaign manager, right? But he's not really a campaign manager. Mm -hmm. You know, he has that title because he's running a campaign, mm -hmm. but it's not like he's ever done it before mm -hmm. in his entire life. Nope. And that's another incredible part of this story. And I wanted to also uh, just say uh, Marcus Hill, and I think uh, he's the school board member where I live in my house. Now, I don't have children in the school, but I am kind of interested now about to, you know, what's, 
you know, happening possibly to my grandchildren, you know, who is, you know, my school board representative. Mm -hmm. So I, I came to my computer and I tried to figure it out. And it took me, believe it or not, 45 minutes. And I'm pretty good at researching mm -hmm. stuff. That's what I do mm -hmm. for a living. Yep. And getting details. And it still took me 45 minutes to find out what school district mm -hmm. I live in, right. much less who is the representative of that school district. Mm -hmm. It's just not actually very clear on these websites. No, it's, not. it's almost as if they hide it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, here's the name. Now you figure out, mm -hmm. okay, we got seven names here, mm -hmm. school board members, and we're not going to tell you which district they represent. Right. So now you're going to have to now find out what district you're in and go through this long process. Of, uh, and how I found out was uh, reading news articles mm -hmm. that would eventually say, you know, Marcus Hill of district such and such. Mm -hmm. But you, it's not easy to find. Uh, but it, it is groundwork, just like what you're saying with your campaign manager. You know, you, uh, this stuff isn't something you can go to school for and something that you can reach out to. Uh, anyone perhaps in your neighborhood has ever done it before. Right. But, and that might intimidate you into thinking it can't be done. And that's why your story is so important because you managed to do it without the resources a lot of people have in running a campaign. Well, again, I think that was a 100% a God thing is we ask for wisdom and then we put ourselves out there is we said, hey, we don't know what we're doing. And so we tried to surround ourselves with people, you know, that maybe had an idea, um, really we uh, my friend Wendy Jason knows her she I brought her on board and I was like Wendy this is what's going on you know and she brought her husband on and then we actually have a website we developed a website which when you were talking about that I'm like I can help I can help <laughs> um, our website is the bcpatriots.net and if you look there is um, literally a place where you put in your address and it'll bring up what districts you are in and then it will go back to show you who your representative is and it has their email it has the district that they're in it has their number um, and everything that you could possibly need to make sure that you know who your representative is all the way from your state say it's perhaps you know senator senator um, steve newman right or it's your delegate wendell walker they have created the website for the bc patriots which you know i belong to and have made all of the steps easy for you because you're completely correct. And if we're just Joe Blows, you know, off of the off of the street, I'm just a mom. I it took me forever, the same as you, to who who am I gonna complain to? Right. You know? And you just gave a great example well, of what patriots could do throughout the United States. You know, creating a website. Uh, there's people probably in every county, somebody's a patriot, somebody's got mm -hmm. computer skills, mm -hmm. somebody's got website skills mm -hmm. and knows how to create a page that could help parents out yep. there to know who their school board members, not only who they are, right. but how they have voted on the issues. Can mm -hmm. you, yeah, again, I've been in this movement for so long and, you know, people have come out with congressional scorecards, right? Here's mm -hmm. how your congressman, mm -hmm. senator voting on XX issue. I've never seen a school board mm -hmm. uh, a record of how people right. voted. And, and like you said, Marty, the school board itself doesn't want the parents to know who they are, who they represent, what they stand for. So it's amazing how BC Patriot, what was it? BCPatriots.net, right? BCPatriots.net. Yeah. So, so that's an action step that parents here in the community took. But I, I got a question for you, Mary Catherine. Okay. Because you said that you got involved in the school board here in 
August, right? So mm-hmm. it's only been a couple of months, yeah. right? And it seems like the, this name out there, Mary Catherine Bennett, everybody here in Lynchburg and, and Bedford <laughs> kind of knows, Uh-oh. you know? Some love, uh, some hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've heard a lot of positive things about Mary Catherine Bennett. So my point is, is that when you got involved, mm-hmm. did you have any idea of how big this thing could evolve to and how, you know, that we were going to get two writing candidates in? No. What did, I, what did you th- what did you think in the beginning? What what was it going to be? You know, I growing up, I was just told do your best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. So I just knew that that's what the Lord told me to do, and I wanted to be obedient. So I I did all in. I went to event after event and overcame my fear of public speaking and networking because I knew that if people just could. Um, their eyes be opened to what is going on, then maybe that they would understand and they'd start voting for our candidates. When they realized that, you know, their vote does count. And, you know, as parents, these officials are elected for their community. They need to be listening to what we are saying. And again, if we're an 83% community, you know, conservative community, why the heck do not we not have that representation on the board? So it went above and beyond whatever could ask or imagine um, and I'm shocked, but I just want to make sure that people do not get complacent. We've had this amazing victory, both locally in the school board and then, you know, turning Virginia red. But I don't want to lose sight of our long-term t- goal, which is I want prayer back in the school. You know, I want parents to have a voice and to be more involved and in the classrooms. Um, and so that's what I continue to work for. And, you know, I've actually had to pull my kids out um, because – they weren't listening to me and my choices as a parent and the desires were not being listened to. And so I've had people tell me, well, why do you care? Your kids, you know, aren't in the public school system right now. And I, <laughs> I just think that is very short-sighted of them because, you know, for all of those that are privileged enough to be able to take their kids home, there are 95% of children that are still in the public schools that aren't able. They are single-parent homes. Their children being raised by their grandparents. And this, the people in the public schools, the kids in the public schools, it's our next voting block. It's our mm. next leaders, right? And if they're being taught the brainwashing that's happening in our public schools and all the liberal policies, then that's going to continue. And our, our country is going to continue to deteriorate. Hey, David, um, you're out there in Columbus, Ohio. Do you have uh, school board elections out there? I, you know, Lynchburg City Schools here. You do not elect the school board members. So appointed right, they're by appointed. the uh, appointed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wh- what happens out there your way? You know, there are elections uh, in Ohio. Uh, every school district uh, uh, members have to run for election. But write-in candidates winning is unheard of. I'm really interested, Mary Catherine, in, in learning how you went about organizing this and how you went about getting the names out of the writing candidates so that the voters would know who to write in. I mean, that's an, that seems like an amazing, uh, amazing accomplishment. And it should be an inspiration to others who want to try the same thing. So can you explain what your process was? Okay. Well, thank you very much. Where and do you start, right? <laughs> Where do I start? It was a lot of work. I'm just going to be very honest. It was um, a lot of times my kids eating hot dogs and mac and cheese because um, I did the majority of... <laughs> I would say like graphics. Um, Again, I could not donate financially. I've got six kids, but I can donate my time. So in Virginia, there's 45 days of early voting. 
what we did. Erin Farrell, um, she's also one of our BC Patriots members, and she worked with Susan Oliver, who had done everything. She's part of the Bedford County um, GOP. We got them endorsed by the GOP. That was huge. Um, getting both candidates GOP endorsed in a very heavily populated, you know, Republican county, that it was almost like, okay, that's fantastic. But getting their names out, um, we made material, marketing material, I guess. Um, we created our own sample ballots and we put in their names and we were at the polls, the early voting, 45 days, all 45 days from nine to five wow. every single day. And this is people in the community that joined. Um, they, we brought our kids. I mean, we had to bring our kids. I mean, Aaron's son is nine years old and he would go up and they had, they had literally had a script and we trained people on how to do it. And we took out the signs and we asked questions and we engaged. And even when we encountered people that saying, well, I think you should have masks and I think vaccines should be mandated, which to me is just like, no, <laughs> um, we were able to have conversations and say, explain why explain. And instead of them yelling, we were so calm and we were knowledgeable and we knew what we were going to say uh, about our candidates. And um, Christian Sneed, who is the campaign manager, came up with an amazing idea. He had these huge, I think they were like eight feet cutouts of the two candidates. So you had Dwayne Nelms and you had Matthew Holbrook and, you know, they were veterans and business owners and fathers. And so they couldn't be there for all 45 days of early voting, but we had their they're cutouts, right? Mm, that's smart. And, Genius. And we said, okay, they're anti-critical race theory. They are pro-America. They really want to um, make trades, trades be more um, popular because, unfortunately, colleges are teaching our kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brainwashing, right. Yeah. right? And it's also so expensive. As someone who's still paying on her student loans, I don't want that for my children. So we want military-friendly. We want trade schools options and telling these voters for 45 days, all of the things that our candidates support. And one of our candidates, Dwayne Nelms, is actually black. And so for him, and he's so um, anti-CRT, and he's so community, and his dad's a pastor, and it was just really amazing. So that was the 45 days of early voting. We worked with the Bedford um, GOP, and we did the same thing. So we had 11 districts, excuse me, 11 precincts in districts two and three, and we had those fully staffed <laughs> the entire time. Um, wow. Like three probably per precinct. Um, we had people donate meals. One of the gentlemen we know helps run a local uh, chain here and he donated meals for everyone. Uh, we had wonderful women with the CWA, which is the Concerned Women for America. They ran the entire two hour route for the two districts, pizza, deliver pizzas to people. Um, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And then afterwards, we knew all the numbers. Um, so we knew all the numbers, and we made sure, and we were there for like the five or six days afterwards watching the counting of the votes and making sure that they lined up to our numbers as well. So we just didn't end on election day. We also stayed afterwards and held them accountable to make sure that they were doing the right thing and counting all the votes. Now, there's a couple other uh, points I want to make out that I, I just find fascinating. Because uh, what you and your crew did, that's astounding as well. And people out there now think, perhaps I can do that too. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other amazing thing is that the, one of the candidates that was running for school board is a, a car repair man and a body works. A, uh, yes, yeah. he owns his own company. 
Right. So, but he doesn't come from, you know, Harvard. He mm -hmm. doesn't come. He's not a former school principal. Oh, no. Uh, he's not a well-known, named in the uh, education establishment. Mm -mm. And so your story is also encouragement to folks out there who might want to run for these slots, but feel like, well, how can I possibly run as a school board member without having all those uh, achievements and certificates on my right. wall that show that, you know, I have the academic uh, qualifications to mm -hmm. run. So that's another good point in uh, your story, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, another good point is that you actually ended up flipping the board. Yes, it, we did. It was a four to three liberal to conservative mm -hmm. uh, board uh, members, mm -hmm. and it's now five to two that conservatives. That's amazing. That's, that's yes. incredible, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I just can't say enough about you, Mary Catherine. It's just oh. this is a uh, it's just a tremendous and exciting thing to hear. Well, thank you. Um, Very grateful. Yeah, I gotta say, I think it's amazing. Um, you know, the one thing that I know that uh, is has been successful for a long time, and the Democrats use it all the time, is that they actually get out and mm -hmm. you know knock on doors, and that's really how they stay in power. Mm -hmm. How they keep. Uh, in, in the positions that they're in. And uh, we as Republicans really haven't done that mm -hmm. a lot. And um, it, your story really goes to show you that what can happen if people actually do mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And um, we can actually start saving the country if people get well, off their butts know, and start doing stuff. When you're running a school board candidate, it's not just the name, higher, bigger name that you have to go against. Uh, and a comment, I think uh, the, the one guy that you unseat had been an incumbent for eight years, correct? Eight years, and he yeah. was the school chair at the board. Yeah, that was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was incredible. But you're also going up against teacher unions that have a ton of money that uh, can absolutely overwhelm a small group such as your own. Right. And uh, the finances that they have and the, uh, the connections they have with the media uh, that you do not have. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you was to put it all down on paper and look at all the possible obstacles to say, here's why I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one column of why I can't do this would just go on for probably quite a few pages. And the column that said, here's how I can do it mm -hmm. would not have that much on it. Right. But you did it anyway. That's tremendous, uh, not only work, but it's, it, it reflects on the faith that you have in God, mm -hmm. that you were not deterred by what would deter a lot of patriots out there. Uh, feeling they just don't have the wherewithal, the finances, uh, the talent, mm -hmm. uh, the connections to be able to achieve it. So they don't. And you can show them that you don't need all of this. I didn't have any of that. <laughs> right. And you did. And another big thing I think I want our listeners to realize is, is that we're talking about two guys, mm -hmm. right, who have a family. Mm-hmm who work, who own, I think they both own they businesses, both own own right? Businesses, yeah. So they're not guys just sitting around in their pajamas mm -hmm. watching mm -hmm. new, uh, Netflix all day. Mm -hmm. So these are guys who, who didn't say, I have all this time, right? right? And they, But they said, I want to make a difference in my community. So can you just go through very quickly that process? How Was it you approaching them or was it them saying, I want to run? How no. did that look? Um, you know what? They, they said, where do you need me? How can I help? This is happening to my kids. It's affecting my children. Use me. What What is the best way that I can serve my community? And this is 
this was amazing. You and know? you told him to run. For, for so this, this is this is not. <laughs> you know, I came in and I don't know if y'all know um, Ryan. Y'all know Ryan. Ryan Minnie. <laughs> Ryan Minnie, and he is the one who kind of brought me into this, and he had been working behind the scenes. He's very much a behind the scenes guy, um, and I am more upfront and talking to people and things like that. So he already had been in talk with these guys, like, hey, I think these guys might be you know, the candidates that we need. And again, we didn't have a lot of opportunity to screen candidates or, or talk to them or anything. They were willing and they stood for what we needed. And again, I think people, we had a bow tie. Um, you know, he was a professor at Virginia Tech. That's Jason Johnson. We had that, right? And you, I don't care how much education and, you know, all of that you have. If you cannot engage and interact and understand where these parents are coming from and he wasn't a parent right you're just it's just not going to work and right. it's, it's clear so these guys they're opposite they're completely opposite of what was on the school board who were voting against the parents these were parents these they were, got skin in the game they have skin in the yeah. game exactly and so i don't want anyone to think um you know you're talking about finances all of us was this was self-financed um we did get donations from Various people and the uh, GOP, Bedford, when they endorsed them, they gave us some money. But, you know, most of the marketing I did myself. Like when we, we did, I just made little flyers and passed them out with all their information. We went to the schools and we had made, this is why you need to be voting for these writing candidates. And we put flyers in all the cars in the school parking lots. I, I bet you guys were pretty nervous when you were um, on election day that people would forget these names. I mean, that 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 would be, to me, I thought a writing candidate wouldn't get elected for anything. Much, I mean, anything, really. I never thought to write down. I heard of it on the news. You know, I knew that they, it was possible for you to write in for the president and mm -hmm. things like that. Well, but I what, thought, what she's not telling you is, is that. They wrote it down on their palm. So <laughs> no, we didn't. We handed out. And they out. said, do not wash. Exactly. We handed out. Right. <laughs> exactly. 45 days. Well, well, you can take a. Tattooed it. You, you know, can take whatever. a flyer in with you. We, you can. You can take a flyer in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we made up little. And they were three by five cards or four by six cards. And it had his information, what he stood for, each of the candidates stood for, what district he's in, and then his name you know, write it in right here. So they came in with their ballot and they came in with what he was. So as they're waiting in line, they could read all of the bullet points of why you want to write this guy in. And we really won by a lot. Um, in our District 3, we won by 2,000 votes against Robert Ashwell. 2,000 votes. That's 2,000 write-ins. That's 2,000 more than the opponent. And that, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. 2,000 more. So mm -hmm. it's even more than that. For it was 2,800, 2,800 <clears throat> write-in, which is just crazy. Like even the registrar's office was like, we've never had this much. Yeah. And so then he, what, was, what was District 2? District 2, we won by 4%. Um, I it was like 193. We won by 193. And that was against the uh, the bow tie guy though, Yes, right? Jason yeah. Johnson, yeah. who's yes, actually yes. on the, the ballot. The incumbent, yeah. who was actually on the ballot. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and, and he was the, you said the chairman of the uh, school board? He's the chairman. Yeah, yep. so eight-year incumbent chairman <laughs> that was on the ballot. Right. <laughs> this is sort of like the story that we heard in New Jersey, right, where the truck driver truck spent, driver. you know, $152 and defeated a Senate president who uh, had spent like $16 million to get elected only a few years earlier than that. Mm -hmm. uh, something's happening in America. I'm telling you, something's yep. happening out there, and I think the Patriots are, 
are, are getting some feet and they're getting excited. And uh, that's what our show is all about. We want to encourage patriots out there to get excited because we can make a difference out there. And I hope that we can uh, bring more people like Mary Catherine onto our show so you can hear their story about how they did it and to give you confidence that you can do it too, no matter where you live. And that uh, don't close your eyes and say it's too big. Don't be a naysayer saying it can't be done. Don't draw that list up of the many tons of reasons why you can't succeed. Just remember, you know, especially if you're a faith person, that God can move mountains. Mm -hmm. And he told you so. If you have faith, you can move a mountain. Seems like a couple of mountains were moved uh, this past election for you, Mary Catherine. But anyway, yes. I want to say uh, I want to thank you for coming on our show and telling your story. Yeah, I want to thank you as well. There was a Goliath in front of you. You had a couple stones, and you just took that sl that slingshot and took some shots. So we're we're grateful to have you on, and we applaud you and thank you for stepping up to the plate. Well, now, now after all this, may your, may, your, <laughs> may your story be an inspiration to everyone who wants to uh, change the system and get in there and realize that they can do it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and share what my group and I and honestly the Lord <laughs> helped us helped us do and it just know that you can do this um, it just takes being obedient and realizing just as our you know candidates did who won where do you need me and just being willing um, in any any kind of circumstance so well Patriots if you enjoyed this show uh, please come back for some more make sure that you follow us uh, get on that Apple podcast and Spotify or Podbeam or whatever podcast app you are listening to us on or watching us on, make sure you subscribe to us, uh, but let us grow. I mean, uh, uh, we started this thing in October and, uh, already we're in the top 25% of all podcasts. Wow. And so we got some, uh, listeners and viewers out there. This is exciting for us because I think people want to hear the stories of Patriots out there. Uh, so please be sure to join us, uh, uh, next week. And uh, I know it's going to be between Christmas and New Year's that you're going to be downloading it. And people are busy at that time, but download it anyway. You know, keep our numbers up there and uh, keep everybody here excited about what we're doing for the country. Anyway, thank you again, Mary Catherine. And I think we're going to sign off for now. And we'll catch everybody in a week.